History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Good morning, afternoon, Biblical Citizens. Our guest today is Dr. J.B. Hickson. We're going to be talking about his latest book, The Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. It's going to be very interesting, so stay tuned with us. J.B. Hickson is also the founder and president of Not My Works Ministries. He's a pastor, professor, and national conference speaker. He's authored 11 books, contributed to many theological journals and other Christian publications. He earned his B.A. from Houston Baptist University. He has a Ph.D. from Baptist Bible Seminary and Dallas Theological Seminary. He has a degree as well. You can read more about his books and ministry at notbyworks.org. Once again, the book we, we are discussing is entitled The Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, and we certainly have been seeing a lot of deception in recent days. Welcome, Dr. Hickson. Hey, thanks. So so great to be with you guys. Appreciate you having me on. And, yeah, we'll call you JB. Yes, please. <laughs> so things are often not what they seem on the surface, and that's a lot of the theme of your book. It Life is a spiritual battle, and so we want to ask you, what exactly does the Bible mean by this? Because it's kind of a hard concept, isn't it? you got to realize it's a spiritual battle, but live in the world. And so, kind of explain that, if you would. Yeah, you bet. So, uh, also to clarify, my uh, series, Spirit of the Antichrist, has Volume 1 and Volume 2. Uh, we're talking today about Volume 1. Volume 2 just came out in October, and we've sent you a copy of that uh, that you should get next oh, week. Oh, good. The whole premise yeah. of the two volumes is that uh, ever since Satan got kicked out of heaven, uh, he set his sights on this earth, and he started targeting God's highest creation, mankind, and fundamentally it is a spiritual battle between God and Satan, between the forces of good and the forces of evil. And uh, if you don't understand that, then uh, you're going to basically fall right into the trap of his deception. Uh, Paul warned in Ephesians 6, a passage you know that I think most believers know well, but they haven't really owned it. Uh, he warned that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, and therefore we need to take up the whole armor of God to be able to stand against uh, the evil one. So, uh, so that's what we do. We're kind of outlining the human component of Satan's uh, you know, long-standing conspiracy to try to take over this world and wrest control uh, of it away from God the Creator. I think one of the things, uh, JB, that you have that I found uh, very helpful. You have a you have a chapter on the what you call the Luciferian conspiracy diagrammed, and you've actually got a diagram on page sixty six of your book, and you've got several tiers here. Uh, I want to ask you about the first tier, but the second tier is things like some of the big central banks, some of the secret societies, including the Freemasons and Knights Templar, and then on the third tier, you've got national governments, the United Nations, and I won't 
name every one of these, but the very top tier, you call the Luciferian elite, and you say there's a certain select group of families that are part of this group. Um, Do you want to tell us, and if you don't want to tell us the names, we have some names to suggest, but what, what are examples of some families that would be part of this very top tier? Yeah, so first of all, the term conspiracy often has a bad rap with uh, with folks, and uh, I have a chapter in the book called The Conspiracy Theory Conspiracy, where I document the original uh, source of that phrase, conspiracy theory, and it was weaponized term, came out in the 60s by the CIA based on declassified documents that was used to discredit the truth movements, specifically at the time related to the JFK assassination. Yes, right. But there is a conspiracy that the Bible outlines in Psalm 2, It's a conspiracy involving Satan, demons, and his human accomplices, human uh, counterparts, to try to take over this world. And so the chart you're talking about in uh, Volume 1 on on page 66 deals with the human aspect of that conspiracy, the Luciferian elite, that is, those that are working at the behest of Satan uh, to be his uh, boots on the ground to try to take over the world. And uh, we suggest in the book, based on our research, that there's three levels to that. And the top tier, as you referenced, involves... Those, uh, you know, bloodlines of the Luciferians that go way, way back, uh, century after century, millennia after millennia. And these are the ones who essentially are uh, getting their marching orders directly from Satan. They, they talk and pray to him the way you and I pray to Almighty God, and they consider him to be the hero in the creation account and the Genesis account. Uh, they think God is the antagonist, and Satan, or Lucifer, the serpent, uh, was the protagonist, and so... They worship him, they dedicate their books to him, and that top tier includes, uh, you know, by all accounts, uh, families like uh, the Rothschilds, the, uh, the Queen Beatrice and the Netherlands royal family, uh, to a greater or lesser degree, the, the, the uh, uh, Rockefellers and the Carnegies and some of, the, some of those uh, old-time wealth uh, folks uh, in, in the United States, and of course they're connected to Europe as well. Uh, so uh, we we talk about them, uh, but they're they're not usually the face of this conspiracy. That comes into play at the second and third levels, and of course, the lower down you go in this uh, you know tiered system, the more it's on a need to know basis. So many of the organizations and people involved don't even realize that they're part of a satanic conspiracy to take over the world. Uh, they are motivated by other means, such as wealth or power or sex or some of those other, uh, you know, things. And so, uh, yeah, the top tier is uh, people that are kind of sitting in, in dark, smoke-filled rooms, uh, you know, channeling demons and trying to get their marching orders directly from Satan himself. Wow. And there's this common theme, or, you know, it's so common for the people that want to control the world is to have a pyramidal structure like that where there's this elite at the top and then all the lesser aware people down at the bottom that don't even know and certainly the freemasons are structured like that i don't i don't think Uh, we should be surprised at that either if you think if you've ever served in the military or for that matter if you've ever worked for a big corporation which i certainly have it's always a it's always a pyramid scheme, and the people that are at the lower levels, they don't know. They're they just they getting a job. They don't know what yeah. what's going on in the board meetings. They, yeah, I, mean, I know that I know that for a fact. They don't know. Of course, yeah. Sometimes people will say to me, you know, things like, "Well, my my uncle works at the CIA, and 
he's in the maintenance and, and he's never heard any of this. And I just have to chuckle and say, well, you know, it's, it's a need to know basis. But by the way, in volume two, uh, we have a whole chapter on secret societies and we deal extensively with the role that Freemasonry plays uh, in this uh, Luciferian conspiracy. And folks can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org to see the table of contents in both volumes and the topics that we discuss and kind of get a taste for those books. We have talked a bit in the past about the Freemasons. I think that's a great example, and I think you make the point in your book that the, uh, for lack of a better word, the lower-level Freemason, he, I think you make some a comment like he thinks he's probably joining something like the Boy Scouts, and it's a, it's a friendly organization. It's probably a good social outlet for some people, or at least they perceive it to be. But if they only knew what was going on, again, at the very upper tiers uh, it's a very much darker story, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, and we get into that in great detail in Volume 2. We touch on it in, in, in Volume 1, as we're talking about right now, as we talk about the second level of the conspiracy, uh, but uh, we really drill down pretty deep in Volume 2 on the Freemasons. So our government has lied to us. I mean, talk about the spirit of deception. For a long time, not everybody is aware of this, People have trust in our institutions, but you have a whole chapter on, uh, no, it's chapter 10 on, for instance, false flags that have been going on and the, you know, how they use that to get loyalty and get rev up uh, enthusiasm for a war. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, you bet. So uh, deception is certainly Satan's M.O. Jesus said that uh, Satan is a deceiver and a liar from the beginning, uh, and he's the father of lies, in fact. When he speaks, everything he says is a lie. So it started with a lie in the garden, and he continues with his same old M.O. But a false flag operation is basically an attack or hostile action that obscures the identity of the participants carrying out the action while implicating another group or nation, in many cases, as the perpetrator. And the idea dates all the way back to the 16th century when it, it involved a deception where a ship would display the flag of its enemy, or in some cases the flag of a neutral company uh, or country, to hide its uh, true identity. And, uh, and so the ruse was used, for example, by pirates to trick other ships into allowing them to move closer before they would attack them. And so the targeted ship would see the colors of the flag approaching, and they'd think it's a friendly vessel. Uh, and so false flag operations are often referred to as false colors uh, as well. But over time, false flag operation came to refer to the practice of staging an attack to make it appear to be by an enemy so that it would give the nation that was supposedly attacked a pretext uh, for retaliation. It's a classic example of the Hegelian dialectic, uh, which we talk about uh, a lot uh, in this book. I talk about it in Chapter 8. Volume 1. But uh, we see a lot of these uh, throughout history. It's actually a technique that is still taught to this day in the American War College. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, there are lots of examples that people would be shocked uh, to know if they haven't already uh, heard. Uh, for example, the Gulf of Tonkin incident that led to the death of some 58,000 U.S. servicemen and women uh, was a yeah. false. That's widely known now. It was declassified 50 right. years right. back. And, uh, and it's just, uh, there was no such event. Uh, the, the original American report blamed the North Vietnamese uh, for these confrontations in the Gulf of Tonkin, but documents were declassified in 2014 that showed the entire 
president was contrived. It was not true. It never happened. President Johnson, you know, and his team of advisors made it up in order to garner support from the from the public, from Americans, to get the U.S. into the Vietnam War. So that's just one example, and we can talk about others if you'd like. And think that's, of all the bloodshed that caused. I mean, we lived through that, and, the and cul- all the turmoil, and all the uprest. And was, the cultural wow. destruction, the cultural destruction and division in our country, which we've experienced most recently with things like COVID, but we're old enough to remember back then, growing up in that Vietnam War era, what divisiveness that was and you mentioned earlier about the, caused the very wow. the very term conspiracy theory that's another thing that's well documented as you said did come from the cia in the mid-60s it was related to that crazy conspiracy theory that even lbj may have been involved in the assassination of jfk and gee if you realize that jf i mean that the lbj administration pulled off this whole gulf of tonkin ruse yeah, I can believe other bad things, too. And they're not conspiracy theories. They're well documented. Yeah, a conspiracy is just uh, any attempt by two or more people uh, to do something nefarious or criminal. And, uh, and so, it, you know, conspiracy there is, is all over the place. We see it in the Bible. We see it in federal court cases. It's, it's very common. And uh, so, you know, 9-11 is another uh, classic example of a of a false flag, and I don't know if we want to go there, but uh, uh, you know the, the 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 reality is, uh, you know they they plan something ahead of time in order to achieve an end. It's the Hegelian dialectic, which I talk about in the book, is problem, reaction, solution. So the Luciferian elite have a goal in mind, something they want to steer us toward, ultimately a one world political, religious, and economic government or system. And uh, but they can't, you know, it's easier to get the public to go along willingly than to drag them kicking and screaming. So they manufacture some type of event that will lead to the response they're looking for, so that it makes it seem like, you know, it's the public's idea. And so you mentioned COVID. That's a classic example uh, yeah. where it said, you know, please save us from this you know, flu, and we're willing to shut down our churches, stop worshiping God for the first time in over a thousand years. We're willing to wear what you tell us to wear, sit where you tell us to sit, stand where you tell us to stand, all because of this manufactured uh, boogeyman. And, um, you know, the terrorist attacks on September 11th are are one as well. And, and, and we need to understand that the, the conspiracy, you know, even the official narrative of 9-11 is a conspiracy. And the official conspiracy, and I've read the 9-11 Commission report, uh, but the official conspiracy is that a ragtag band of 19 hijackers in their 20s, basically millennials, under the direction of a wealthy dialysis patient who was on his deathbed hiding out in a remote Afghanistan cave, were able to hold the mightiest military in human history at bay for several hours on a bright and sunny afternoon or morning, and and that they were able to destroy three steel-reinforced skyscrapers on a single day, having them fall at free-fall speed into their own footprint by flying jets into two of them. And, you know, that's a conspiracy. Now, it may be true, and a lot of people believe it is, uh, but I believe it's utter nonsense, and it just violates the laws of physics, and it's uh, there's a lot more to it. It was a false flag operation that we are still... Uh, reaping the consequences of to this day in terms of the destruction of our freedoms. And I I am one that dismissed that and wasn't even interested in hearing about it, and I don't know still fully what I believe about it, but one of the things that I saw at a conference that was compelling to me was that Building 7, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, that building that just 
fell down by itself, supposed, never hit by a plane anyway, supposedly yeah. fell down just due to heat radiating from the adjacent buildings, which has been shown in so many um, uh, physics and chemistry tests to be absolutely impossible yeah, that that right. happened the way they say it happened. No question. It violates every law of mathematics and physics. That's why I said a moment ago they destroyed three re- steel reinforcements. Right, right. Just into two of them. But, you know, there are literally thousands uh, of, uh, you know, architects, engineers, scientists that are on record, and pilots, by the way, commercial pilots, military pilots, on record uh, documenting that this never could have happened the way they claim it happened. Well, and I didn't really look into it either at the time, although I had a little bit of a suspicions. Uh, but when COVID happened, I thought, oh, 9-11 must have been one of these two because they got the Patriot Act. It all just was too easy to get uh, past. You know, they had. it seems like they had everything ready. And same with COVID. It, it was... You know, they had all these things all lined up. You yeah. know, it, it 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 turned out, but um, and you, you, we might mention January sixth just briefly too. That really looks like a false flag too. Before we get into our next topic, just no question that just, uh, that was staged. That we've got that on record. There's all kinds of smoking gun evidence of it, and essentially, American citizens who were in many cases guilty of nothing more than misdemeanor trespassing ended up spending months, some of them still there, in prison, dark underground prisons, uh, similar to, you know, to Gitmo. And so, yeah, this is, I think this segues nicely into one of the other things that I think you wanted to talk about, and that is, a lot of times people will say, well, there's no way our government would hurt, you know, 3,000 people like the ones that died on 9-11. Sadly, that perspective is, is extremely uh, uninformed and, and naive, uh, and you need to understand that there is a rogue element of the United States government, often referred to as the deep state or the global elite, that really is working at the behest of these Luciferians, uh, and uh, they have no problem with death. I mean, they love death. Luciferians absolutely love death. Satan is a murderer, Jesus said, uh, from uh, the beginning. And so, you know, this whole concept of, uh, you know, Proverbs says, all those who hate me love death. And the Luciferians, like Satan, hate God, and so they love death. And so they've started this eugenics program, going back to... Yeah, the eugenics. And yeah. Dar- More people should know about this whole movement. It's been around for a while. Oh, no question. And by the way, I encourage folks to listen to a message I gave uh, last Sunday called that Life is Sacred, in which I talk about uh, eugenics and the whole sanctity of life uh, issue. Uh, it's, all of our videos are free on our website and our podcast as well. But Eugenics is essentially a term that was coined by Sir Francis Galton, the cousin of Charles Darwin. Uh, He wrote it in a a paper in 1883 in which he coined the term, and it's the study of all of the agencies under social control, and it's a study of how you can use, uh, you know, sterilization and selective breeding to try to get rid of the useless breeders or what they called the feeble-minded. And uh, for years... Uh, and really up until World War II, every si- American town of any significant size had a eugenics office. You can still, as you travel around the country, as my family and I have for our ministry, we've been in all 50 states multiple times, you can still see historical markers that state here was the office of eugenics, you know, that type of thing. Uh, but it was an of Darwin's yeah. ethic that said you've got to get rid of the people who don't look like us, uh, they have illnesses, they have different color skin, they have ailments or disabilities, 
they need to go. And, of course, I think uh, your listeners are probably widely aware that Margaret Sanger was one of the most highly influential eugenicists at that time, and she's the founder of uh, Planned Parenthood. And uh, she said, you know, there's no doubt in the minds of all thinking people that the procreation of uh, groups that have religious scruples should be stopped. She said uh, we need to sterilize all those that are designated as unfit. And she said, you know, that uh, the most uh, merciful thing a large family does to one of its members is to kill it. Uh, She said, remember our motto, if we must have welfare, then give it to the rich, not to the poor. We are paying for and even submitting to the dictates of an ever-increasing, unceasingly spawning class of human beings who never should have been born at all. And that's the origins of Planned Parenthood. You know, I want to touch on a couple other... That's not the only expression of eugenics. It was in Nazi Germany. It's alive and well today. Uh, With COVID, I mean, we're seeing a lot of just death. More yeah, than we, just, more than we can imagine, and it's the belief that they're doing good by killing people. Which figure that out? I reduce, mean, that's satanic. Reduce the population. But JB, you talk about the roots of this too, which are spiritual blindness, and you mentioned willful ignorance. And there's a quote you have from Mark Twain: "It's easier to dupe someone than convince them that they have been duped." And that's yeah. that's really true, isn't it? Unfortunately. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, you know, he actually, the exact, it's, it's commonly kind of paraphrased, it's easier to fool people than to convince them they've been fooled. But in the book, I cite his original quote, which was, how easy it is to make people believe a lie and how hard it is to undo that work again. And, uh, and that's why I tell people again and again, you know, don't just take my word for it. Like, you know, we just talked about 9-11. That may really bother some people because they've been under the grip of this deception. But don't just take our word for it. Uh, study it. You know, in, in Volume 1, 38 pages of bibliographic citations. In Volume 2, we have 66. It's a bigger book. And so you can do your own research and come to your own conclusion. Well, well, JB, you speak a lot publicly on that, and we're both curious, because you are in front of a lot of audiences, in that what reaction do you get? Because you just made reference to something that's very controversial, the origins yeah. of 9-11, which patriotism, all the polls showed uh, at the time right after 9-11, American patriotism was reaching almost an all-time high. So what kind of a reaction do you get from audiences when you touch on these kind of things? Well, and, you know, Luciferian conspiracy period right, and all the right. darkness that's that we, you know, we have not thought that our government was like this. Right. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. For We've been doing this for 15 or 20 years. We first went down the rabbit hole, uh, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. And earlier, early on, we definitely got some negative reactions. I was disinvited from certain conferences after speaking, uh, conferences that I had previously been to many years in a row. Uh, I, I would be confronted at our resource table after speaking. Uh, there's, a, there's a prevailing American exceptionalism that people have bought into, the false left-right paradigm, the, you know, the, the reality that they think uh, Republicans can do no wrong and Democrats are the whole problem. And I, and I expose all of that in, in, in the books. But what's interesting, uh, <clears throat> Brian and Kathleen, is that in, since 2020, I have found that more and more people are waking up to the fact that there is a hidden hand, an unseen hand, obviously we believe if we're biblical Christians that it's Satan, uh, that is pulling the strings and that uh, things are very seldom about what they are, they are about. So, uh, you know, we've, we've taken our share of uh, 
you know, of uh, criticism through the years. We've been canceled from YouTube two years ago because we spoke out against uh, the vaccine. And, of course, now, you know, me and, and many others, uh, you know, doctors and scientists and virologists have all been vindicated for sounding the alarm. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's okay. Our passion at Not By Works Ministries is the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel message, and we want to get that out. In fact, I implore anyone listening to this program today uh, what matters most is not necessarily just seeing through all of the lies of the Luciferian conspiracy, but trusting in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died and rose again for your sins. And that's priority number one, and we, we want to make sure people are spiritually prepared and ready for what lies ahead. Amen. And this is all important to know, and you list the 20 reasons why it's impo- important to know what is real, what's really going on, and to have our faith in Jesus. Uh because we're commanded to be wise, and then we can be prepared for whatever the Lord has in store for us before he comes. And it affects how we act and make decisions. Those, you can kind of distill it down to those three things, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the book, we have a whole section on why does all this matter, and you nailed it. It's uh, Proverbs 22, uh, verse 3 says, the wise man sees trouble coming and prepares for it. And so we have a duty, as long as God has us here, uh, to be aware of the enemy's plan. You know, in Volume 2, we have a whole uh, chapter on the Luciferian timetable and kind of what is their blueprint and when are they planning to roll out the one-world system. So, again, I encourage folks to go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org, and they can kind of see the topics that we cover. In fact, we list the entire preface in its entirety for you to read and kind of get a sense for. So, Well, JB, that's wonderful. I think we're going to close with that, and I thank you so much. This has been even a better interview, even better than I anticipated, and I knew it was going to be great, and I think we'll probably, not probably, I'm sure we're going to invite you on again, probably to talk about your volume two, which is now out there. And it's called Spirit of the Antichrist, the gathering cloud of deception thanks so much thank you guys god bless you to bless your neighbors share dr hickson's book the spirit of the antichrist volume one and two with others and develop your powers of discernment as we have been commanded proverbs 2 says when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul discretion will preserve you understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil from the man who speaks perverse things till next week Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the Biblical Citizen. 